I don't call consider myself recruiting. You know, I just I really I, I always go back to it's about relating. It's not really about recruiting to me. I don't recruit, right? I just relate. At the end of the day, it's still the same. It's the same grind, bro. It's about being able to relate to different people in different places of the country. I mean, the world right now, right? Recruiting has become global. Being able to relate uh, to people all over, all over the place. Just being able to connect, man. That's all it's about. Just being able to connect. Do I really look like the guy with the plane? Hello and welcome to the Up Close in Personnel podcast with Alex Brown. For those of you that are new to the show, I am your host, Alex Brown, Director of Recruiting with Rice Football. And the whole point of this podcast is to educate and inform everyone involved in the recruiting, evaluating, and scouting processes of football. Now, as a first-time listener of the show, please rate, subscribe, and share the show if you enjoy what you hear. You can also check out show notes and previous episodes on the show's official website, upcloseandpersonnel.com. Getting into this week's episode, it was absolutely phenomenal having one of my good friends from the industry, Omar Hales, Director of Scouting with the Baylor Bears, joining us. Omar has overcome adversity time and time again throughout his life, and he opens up about his incredible story on this show. We're talking middle school, high school, junior college, last chance you, and navigating the college football industry as a player, coach, and now recruiter. The topic of the week may be about overcoming challenges in recruiting during COVID-19, but it is so much more than that. We get into both the relationship building and evaluation aspects of the recruiting process, and I hope you all enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. As a reminder, help us grow the show by getting it out to the people that you know that could stand to benefit from what we talk about in terms of recruiting. We're coming up on five full months of running the show in a few weeks, and I'll finally be back in my office at Rice as of this recording. So thank you. Thank you to all the listeners that have been supporting me throughout this endeavor, and I plan to keep bringing it each and every week. With all that being said, it's time now to bring into the booth this week's guest from Baylor University, Director of Scouting, Omar Hales. Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um... Omar, Omizi, welcome to the show, my guy. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you, man. It's an honor to be here. I, I appreciate you taking time on your anniversary to uh, to jump on the show. So eight years, we were just talking about it off the air, but yeah, I know she's in, in Philly and where you're from. How are y'all managing the distance during, during COVID? You know, like, this is my best friend, right? And so like, you know, over the years, me and my wife have become like better and better, better friends, right? Like I never thought that like my wife would be like my best friend. And so like, you know, I guess through eight years of marriage, I realized like this is my best friend. And so um, we've grown a friendship um, that's been, that's really strong, um, a bond that can't really be broken. And so like, no matter how many miles, and this isn't our first time really doing this, kind of having a relationship and uh, being married from a distance. And, um, and so like the first time she had did a, a um, she had went to work in, in, in Zambia for like three months. 
And that was like the that was like our fifth our fifth year of being married, and uh, it it was tough. And then you know, um, and then this year, this past year, I've been at, obviously been at Baylor. Um, it's been a blessing. Um, uh, we just had, got done our little. We had a virtual day tonight. And That's so, so cool. that was. Um, I got like dressed up. I shaved. I had a beard earlier. I shaved. She liked the goatee. So I shaved and I got, I didn't get a haircut, unfortunately, but um, it's been good, man. It's been good and I'm just, you know, I'm blessed. And I found a gym, a diamond, and um, I'm really, really thankful and I'm, I'm blessed. So That's so cool. And, and it's, it's funny too, because right when I started the show, I had Brian Carrington on and me and him, <laughs> when we worked together, we were both in long distance relationships um he's engaged now too and we were just joking about you know it really like dating long distance kind of plays in with the whole recruiting thing right I mean because at the end of the day you're trying to maintain these relationships with like limited like actual face-to-face contact Is it, you ever think about that like man like okay I could take some things from recruiting to like this relationship and like vice versa bro it's the same thing man like you know, uh, I always, even I talk to kids, right? Like, I'm always, you know, if you talk to any kid that talk to me, they always going to tell you, I'm going to keep it 100, you know? And so recruiting is relationships, right? And, and so when I say relationships, I want to spell that R-E-A-L, right? And so um, it's relationships. And, and, and so it's the same thing as dating, right? Like, I want to take you out on a date, right? You know, I want to wine and dine you. I want to show you why I'm the right one for you. I want to show you why you're the right one for me. And um, I want to build a relationship um, that can't be broken. And it's the same, it's the same, same thing, man. I love the way you do that. And, and you do that all the time on Twitter, you know, the hashtag real relationships. And yeah. the thing that if, if anybody just watches the way y'all recruit at Baylor, and it really hasn't like dropped off. And we'll talk about the transition from, you know, Coach Rule, who you've been with a ton and, you know, what you've learned from him. But now moving on to Coach Aranda, um, y'all have fun with it, man. Like the battle for McLean and, you know, the old heads. Like I, I want to know, I, I got to know who came up with the idea because that stuff was cool, man. Like, I mean, every time I feel like every time I open up Snapchat, it has something to do with you like throwing out L's like it's always you played in Madden on your Snapchat so like one shout out to the consistency because like I played um you know Call of Duty Madden 2k for like the first month of COVID and then once like work started piling up and like virtual tours I had a hard time keeping up with it so like I had to just undownload Call of Duty and I don't even play video games right now I, I just I just haven't been able to so First off, who came up with the idea for Battle for McLean? So it was really a team um, team deal, right? Like, you know, I, I worked with a really good, good group of people. Um, shout out to Larry McDonald, uh, who came from Texas A&M. He did, like, he did a similar uh, tournament at Texas A&M. I think he came up with that. Um, shout out to Brian Nance, who's a young buck in the game. Um, he's uh, working in our recruiting uh, department. He's doing a phenomenal job. Um, Phil Snow, uh, Vince Gunt-Genta. Um, so really, we just got a bunch of really 
good group of people, man. And um, Coach Arena kind of allows us to kind of just be ourselves. Um, we have a very, very unique um, environment at work. Um, it is a, if you know Coach Randy, you would understand how our environment is, right? Like he's very laid back. He's very chill. He's not a howler. He's, he doesn't curse, right? Like he's not a screamer, right? Like it's just like even kill. Yeah. So that's our environment at work, man, and kind of let us do our thing. And so uh, we kind of came up with it with the with the idea. Uh, we created teams uh, through our, our kind of workout groups, and uh, we found some some coaches that wanted to play, and uh, we got coaches' kids involved. So we got like uh, Ronan, uh, which is Coach Aranda's son, and we got like Coach Munoz's son, and so we we kind of involved with everybody. Um, obviously, the old heads we kind of out schemed them. Um, we kind of schemed the young bucks, and uh, we, we kind of thought um, we took it, we took it, our, our game a little bit of a step further. So we got the dub, and uh, we are the champions. I actually wore my shirt today, my championship shirt. How are you fitting in all these Madden games with all the stuff that you do already on right. top of it? So I took a, I took a crazy L last night. I took one of the worst L's I've ever taken in Madden last night. Shout out to the kid from the 409 who gave me a mean, mean L last night. Um, but, bro, this is really just like finding time, you know, like finding just, even if it's an hour, you know what I mean? Like last night I played at like 12 o'clock at night. I had to be to work. You know, I went and worked out. I'm on my bike. I did 10 miles this morning uh, on my bike this morning. So, like, that was at 6 a.m. And then I had to be at work at 8. So, like, it's just like you, you, you can find there's enough time in the day to no do doubt. everything you do. And it's just really about time management. And so we talk about that even in the recruiting process, is being able to manage your time from, you know, you get most of your work done in the, in the morning, right? Like I'm done throughout. I'm done early in the morning, like kind of doing everything that I have to do. And now that later on in the afternoon, I can do what I want to do. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Uh, that's that's extremely important. Time management um, is key. And so, just finding the right time, um, just finding the right you know time in the day, enough time in the day. And so, again, I, I don't really like I don't call consider myself recruiting. You know, I just I really I, I always go back to it's about relating. It's not really about recruiting to me. I don't recruit, right? I just relate. At the end of the day, it's still the same. It's the same grind, bro. It's about being able to relate to different people in, in different places of the country. I mean, the world right now, right? Recruiting has become global. Being able to relate uh, to people all over all over the place and just being able to connect, man. And that's all it's about, just being able to connect. So. Yeah. And the, the, the phrase like recruit, recruiting kind of has a salesy feel to it. And, and I, I feel you on that. And, and every person that, that we've had on the show, almost to a T, has said some version of like, you got to be, you know, yourself, you got to be genuine, you got to be authentic, you got to, you know, focus on the relationship building side of it. So for you, you know, what makes somebody a good recruiter kind of diving into more of the relating to kids? Um, in your mind, what makes somebody a good recruiter? I think someone that that's well-rounded, right? So, like, I think of some of the top recruiters in this state, right? I think about 
guys like Elijah Robinson, uh, who's at Texas A&M, who I've had the opportunity to work with. Um, I think about Dave Miranda, you know, who's now the head coach at Baylor, who's a phenomenal recruiter. I think about Juice Johnson, um, who's our running back coach here at Baylor, um, who I feel like is one of the top recruiters in the country. Um, but the common thing that these all guys all have, man, they just have the ability to relate um, and to be able to establish a connection um, with the kids, and not only the kids, but the family. You know, and just to be able to find that 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 lane, be able to find that 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 you know, um, that 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 just that that connection, um, not only with kids but with family, and so um, that's just the the one common thing that I feel like they all have is just to be able to to be able to connect with you know, it don't matter where you're from or what color you are. Um, they can relate, and, and then I think the biggest thing about that, about this, is about the whole recruiting pieces. There are, they have a, a human, a human. When I say a human, I mean like they're. Sometimes when you talk to coaches, like you know, they, they talk to you like they're you know holier than thou, and that they are bigger than the school. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, like like a like a plastic you know, feel. Yeah. It's not. It's it's it's, it's like. I don't know. You know it. You feel it, right? Like yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I see it all the time, Alex. You know what I mean? And so, um, you you feel it the most at the at the uh, at the convention, and you just oh, and you're just meeting people for like just randomly that are introducing themselves because of the logo, and hey. it's like, hey, hey, I met you last convention. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> right. But you know what though, Alex? Like it's crazy because like type of person I am, who I've always been, like, I've been open to everybody, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. um, I'm a down-to-earth person, like, shit, how did I meet you? Jordan Martin, and I was going to get to it, um, that Temple connection, man, like, all, y'all have, like, the craziest pipeline of people that have gone from Temple and been successful in football. So, J-Mart, who scouts with the the Detroit Lions now, me and him work together just for our listeners out there. Jordan Martin's a scouting assistant with the Lions. We work together at Houston and Jordan played with Omar over at Temple. So yeah, that was how that was how we met. And it was it was at a convention and Jordan brought me straight over to you and he's like, Hey, you want to meet Omar? He he does recruiting for Rutgers. And I swear we talked for like an hour, like in the like lobby area. We didn't move and you're like, yo give me your number. Like, let's stay in touch. And this was like, <laughs> I swear this was like 17. It was like 17 or, or 18. Yeah. Yeah. It had to be, it had to be 17 because I was at Rutgers at 17. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, it was 17. It was 17. But yeah, man. George is my man. St. Louis lunatic. St. Lunatic. That's my <laughs> man. And j like, j Mart worked like for those that, that want to actually break into the industry. Like, Jordan was working for free, like wifed up, like working for free, trying to make it, you know what I mean? Like, and, and just grinding well, can I tell you a story? Absolutely. So like how, how I, how I be, how I got into business, bro. Like I worked for free. Like I worked for free for a whole year, bro. And like so much so that like you guys, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, 
If someone works for free for a whole year straight and is dedicated to doing something without a dime, then they're gonna do it for like they're gonna, you know what I mean? Like they're gonna be successful. You know what I'm saying? So like like it's it's the thing, it's the thing that says if if you're working the job that you love, doing something that you love, you'll never work a day in your life. And that was, that was the first six months for me at Houston. Everybody has that, that moment, you know, where you had to like put it all on the line and you either are willing to do it or you're going to quit and somebody else is going to be willing to do it. What's who, who would you say is your biggest, who's been the biggest influence on you as a recruiter? That's a great question. I mean, I think from being around, uh, being in the business, from obviously being a high school coach to uh, going to Temple, to going to uh, work at Temple, to Rutgers, um, should even being recruited and out of high school, I think um, I have so many different um, people. Here. So I've, I've, chosen, I've picked a little bit of everything from everybody, right? Things that I like. And, now, obviously, when you're around enough people that have been successful, um, you can, you know, say, hey, you know, when I get my opportunity, I'll be doing like this. You know, when I, I won't do this and I won't do that. And so I have a wide um, variety of people that I've had a chance to work under. But I'll be honest with you, I've... I, I I'm always, I'm always me, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm me. And so when you, when you get a chance to like, if anyone ever knows me, like I am who I am, right? And so that same guy that you met at the convention three years ago, like it was the same dude. You know what I mean? And so um, again, it's always about being, being who you are, being real, being authentic. That's who I am, and that's who I always be. I'm, I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? I'm okay with being. A black man in the inner city of Philadelphia, you know, uh, we play college football. And I'm okay with that, you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. comfortable with it. So I think that's the biggest thing, you know, like some of the good recruiters, right, that I think about that I've run across, they are who they are. And so they have the ability to connect uh, with people on uh, one way, shape, or form um, and, and establish relationships. And again, I always come back to that. Our relationships are key. And so being able to establish these relationships um, are, are very important. And how do you do it? I mean, it's just, it's not about, you know, sending a text every, I mean, it's just about being real, like having genuine interest, right? Like having genuine interest in somebody, like, hey, how, hey, how's your, how's your daughter doing? Like, I text, uh, Dan Zibikowski all the time, like just ran out of like we we met when I was at Rutgers. He was like one of the top guys for the Jets, like you know what I mean. And we just text all the time, like hey, you know how how you doing? Like how's your you know I know kind of know what, what's going on, but like it's not that I want a job, like but like one day he's gonna need me, and one day I'm gonna need him, and so it's really you know being the same person all the time. And so like I I, I kind of. Think about that, like, all right, like you were this guy five years ago, and now you're a different person. Okay, cool. I get it. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I'm always going to be who I am. So people know that about me. So that's the way I'm going to carry it. Yeah. And I, it's, it's hard to tell a recruit 
to um, to quote unquote buy in or or believe in you when yeah. you don't know who you are. Like taking the time to like figure out what you're about and like having that self awareness. You got to have that if you ever want to do recruiting, or else you're just gonna talk about what other people are already saying. And that's a battle. I felt that when I first got into this because, you know, everyone wants to take a line or two from like what another coach is saying and just take it, copy and paste it into some conversations. And it, it doesn't ever work that way. I like what you said about you've been around a bunch of different types of people and you've picked up things along the way. So is that like your process for getting better, just kind of watching how other people operate and seeing if that fits into your mindset and your approach? Like, how do you get better as like in, in this craft and what you do? How are you making yourself better day in and day out? I think just being comfortable within your own skin. Right? Like I'm, again, like I'm, you know, like when you when you early in the business, right? Like you you kind of trying to find your niche, right? You're trying to find out what, what what works for you, and you know how how do you become, you know, how do you get to the top? But like I'm comfortable with who I am. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't I'm not I'm not searching. I'm not trying to be like you know Tim Brewster, right? Like I'm not trying to be like Elijah Robinson. Right? Like I'm not trying to be um, you know, Fran Brown, right? Like, I'm me. I am who I am. And so, like, just knowing who you are, knowing your strength and knowing your weaknesses, right? Like, and so, like, I'm just trying to become the best person of me, best best version of me, right? And so, I'm not, I'm not trying to be anyone else, right? But, like, at the same time, like, you have to become the, like I just said, the best version of you. And so, how do you become the best version of you? Well, you know, there's no idea that's original, right? Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not coming up with this whole like I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna find little things from different people that I like, and I'm gonna tune it to to fit me and who I am, and what works for me. And I'm not, I'm, I am who I am. Like one thing, if you know Omar, if you know Omizi, like he is the same guy all the time. And so like I have no like I'm me, and I'm and I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like. I am who I am, and so like, you know, if I, if I can give any advice to, to people, like, be who you are, be who you are, right? Be a good person, and I think that's the, the, the really the baseline of it, right? Like, be a good person, right? Treat people the right way, and be you. At the end of the day, you know what I mean. But like, you gotta have that, you know, at the at the, at the core, at the, the base. You gotta have. You gotta be a good person, and so. Um, your name precedes you, you know? Yeah, it really does. And, and it's, it's earned over time. You're either the same person or you change. Um, so what, what have you been reading, watching, listening? Um, obviously when we started this whole COVID, we were blessed with the last dance, but, um, now we got the last chance. You haven't started it yet. Dying to, um, what are you, what are you reading, watching, listening to? Right now, bro. Uh, so speaking of um, the last dance, it took me to the first thing that popped up to my mind is "Relentless" by Tim Grover. Um, bro, that is a a must read um, from anyone who wants to be um, successful. Um, you know, whether it's a entrepreneur, um, a businessman, an athlete, like being relentless, right? Like never being 
never being comfortable uh, with being just average, right? Like wanting to be the best, right? Like that drive, that inner drive, bro. Like there's quotes for days, right? Like, and so like my son just went to Army West Point. I, I haven't spoken to him for a week, but like, you know, like I, when I write him letters, like I, I've always give a, a quote from out, you know, um, from the um, from Tim Grover's book, uh, Relentless. And so, man, it's just, that's one of the most powerful books that I've read in a long time. And it's just like, when you get done reading it or get done listening to it, I, I kind of, I listen to it on audio book. That's kind of my audible, it's my, my, my deal. Um, I like to ride bikes and so uh, I'll get, get on my bike and, and just go. You said you bike 10 miles, like, I, I I run so like I'm more of like podcast or like I'll throw on a whole album and just go through it. How much yep. of a book can you get through in a ten mile bike ride? It depends. So like I've read uh, like I listened to White Fragility today. Like I listened to chapter two. It was like an hour. Like I didn't even finish the chapter. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was something that. Whew, that's powerful. Um, that's a, that's a, that's another podcast for another day. <laughs> that, that's a return episode. That's a return episode. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, but, but man, um, I, it depends really on the book. Um, but you know, maybe you can get through a couple chapters. You know, usually a typical typically a chapter is about twelve to fifteen minutes per per chapter. So I ain't bad. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I mean, like. I hate to read. I don't have patience, right? Like, I, I'm not going to sit down and, and read anything, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, I was a terrible, not that I was a terrible student, but, like, I wasn't reading the books. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, like, pulling up cliff notes or <laughs> going on YouTube and giving me the synopsis. So. Some of the best stuff I learned is when I just pull up YouTube and I just go through a wormhole of, like, one press conference of some dude to, like, ten selections later. And you're like, wow, that was that was worth it. Or I mean, you could look at it like that's pre- procrastinating. But I learned so much off just like YouTube. I mean, literally, you can just like get lost diving into like stuff. But one of my dudes, um, Gary O, he's a coach at over in New Jersey. Uh, he's like second year. This is be his second year taking over a program. And uh, he like, you know, I had posted some videos on Snapchat or Instagram on my son. Cause you know I had got a uh, you know I got a son that's that's gonna be a prospect or whatever, and um, so he's like, "Yo, I like them drills. Like, where you get these drills from?" I'm like, "Bro, he's like, yeah, you got some drills for me." I'm like, "Bro, you can get anything you want on YouTube. You yep. can get you can learn anything. You, just type it in on YouTube. Like, you are gonna find it. You know what I mean? Like, and so like, if you research something hard enough, you are gonna find what you're looking for. Yeah, you know what I mean, getting into kind of your background." You know, I know you're Philly, born and raised. What was it like growing up? And, you know, just talk me through your story to Temple and beyond because I didn't realize how crazy your your recruitment was, you know, going Lackawanna, then you're at Philadelphia Community College, then you go to Mesa, then you make it to Temple. So, I mean, you really – how you, did you get all that information, man? Hey, I'm doing my homework. But <laughs> but like the the amount of just I mean, that's a lot of adversity to go through at that age. And um, I mean you're talking about Scranton PA to 
Mesa. Just Man. talk talk through your story because that's that's some a, a lot of stuff. All right, so I give you the quick. I give you the rundown. All right, so um, some people may know this about me. Some people may not. So, so I'm from Philly. Right, um, at the age of 12 years old, I had a brother who was 15. He three years older than me. You know what I'm saying? He was kind of in the streets. You know, you always want to be like your big brother, right? And so, like, I didn't have a father growing up. And so, like, that was my role model. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be like my bro. I wanted to be like big bro. Yeah. So, uh, one, basically, I wound up, um, I had a gun with a, a 12 years old. So, I took the gun to school. Right, is somebody like popped off, started talking crazy, and then I wound up doing some crazy shit with the gun in school. This is in school. This is in, in seventh, seventh grade, end of the seventh grade. I get locked up. I do two years in juvenile. Um, I come home. I'm like 15 years old when I come home. Right. I come home. I popped out three kids back to back to back. I had three kids by the age of 17 years old. Wow. Three, not one, but three. Okay. And um, so I'm 17 with three three kids. And so, um, granted, I had a good mom, right? Mom was a single mom kind of providing, right? Like I wasn't poor. But like we weren't, we weren't, you know, we weren't rich either, right? Like paycheck to paycheck type mom, and so pretty much, I um, I had three kids, man, and I struggled academically. Not that I wasn't smart or capable of doing it, um, but I I struggled a little bit, you know, just being able to like just pass, right? Like with all the distractions going on, and and so um. I had three kids. My brother gets locked up. He gets locked up for murder. He gets he gets charged for murder. Um, that's just what changed my life, man. To be honest with you, I changed my life, man. I I realized that you know I love football. Um, I didn't want to go down that path. I wanted to dream. I gra- actually graduated. Thank God. Like I I ain't gonna get into the story of how I got. To where I got, but I didn't. I didn't have enough credits to graduate. To be honest with you about that, I got. I wound up graduating, even though I didn't have enough credits to graduate. Right? I had recruitment going on. I was being recruited. You know, I was talented. I was talented. You know, I just didn't have the grades. Right? And so, I wound up going to JUCO. I sat out a semester. Uh, wound up going to uh, Lackawanna in the spring. Uh, was at Lackawanna for a year. Play uh, fullback um, and linebacker. I played both ways. Um, was there for a year. Got kicked out, and so after I left Lackawanna, I was like, "Well, shit, I can't stop. I gotta get out of here." You know, the goal is obviously to go to Division One. So I went to uh, Mesa, Arizona. It was crazy, bro. Like I went to Mesa. I needed I needed thirty credits. So hold on, I got kicked out of Lackawanna. In December, I got caught cheating on a, on a math exam. Got kicked out for plagiarism. I go to uh, Community College of Philadelphia that spring. From Community College of Philadelphia, I said, you know, I went out to Arizona. 
I needed th- Alex. I needed thirty credits to graduate mid year. And summer, I saw all I had was a summer session two, and a fall semester. I passed thirty credits, bro. Wow. How many did you take in the summer? So I took, I took, uh, I took like basically during camp, I took six credits, right? And then I took, uh, they they will only let you take 21 at the university. So I went externally and took a class at another school, but basically was taking 24 credits in the fall, in the the fall semester. Um, And shit, bro, I was just determined to not be turned down, man. You know, I made it happen, bro. There ain't no excuses, man. Get it done. Find a way to get it done, baby. You want something bad enough, you're going to find a way. There's there's no doubt. Um, and not only that, but you go in and you start day one. So, like, you know, I think this is so relevant now that, you know, as far as last chance you being out. Like, what was that jump? Not just competition, but you know, the scheme and everything, um, you know, jumping right into it and being a full-time starter. Shit, are you talking about a temple? Yeah. Like, like, bro, like, I grind it, bro. I can't, when I, when I, like, again, like, if you want something bad enough, if you want something bad enough, right, like, like, I think uh, E.T. said, like, if you want something bad enough, like, <laughs> you gonna find a way. Basically, like, I wanted it, you know what I mean? And, and so, like, I came in that temple, I was a little bit overweight, but, like, I was in my city. I was I was home, and that's the reason why I went to Temple was because it was home. I had kids at the same time, right? Like, I never stopped being a father. That was probably like my number one priority was to be a father. I'm in Texas right now, bro. I got a son in army. I got a son living with my wife, and then I got one son here that's in high school uh, at Midway. And so, like, I've always been a father, right? Like, I I always try to be something that I never had. I never had a father. Right. So like I'm trying to be the best father I could be for my children. I just never stopped being a father. But like, bro, like if you want something bad enough, like you're going to find a way. So like I, I wanted to play football, like I wanted to put on for my city. And so I found a way to do it, bro. I found a, like it was a, we had like high, high star guys, like three, four star Juco guy come in. like, And that's my dude to this day. Tommy Weatherspoon. Shout out to my man Spoon. He out in uh, Georgia coaching high school football. He got a son now, which is crazy. Like, we be sharing videos. Bro, it's crazy, bro. But, like, man, um, if you want something bad enough, bro, you'll find a way. You'll find a way to do it, man. Yeah, I hope I answered your question. No, you did. And at what – so you went straight from – I guess there was, was like, a little bit kind of an off period um, between you finishing ball and coaching at Imitep. So – there, there was that like two year period between like when you finished your last year and you got started at Imatep. What got you down the path of coaching, and how did you wind up in recruiting? Because you were coaching for a long time, and you and you you were a QC this past year. So like I know coaching is something that you have a passion for, yeah. But I also know that recruiting's there too. So like, what got you into it? I think about the guys that, again, who, who I've run across throughout the business, right? Like men that have helped me become the person that I am today. You know, I'm thankful for these for some of these people. Coach Golden, um, who's now uh, the linebacker coach for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Mark D'Onofrio, the, the 
I don't know if you had a chance. That's to my guy, him. Coach D. Coach D. And so uh, he used to call me Hood Baller. And that's my guy. Um, HB. Uh, HB. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I, I um, you know, like, so, like, my time I got done playing, like, my last – I could have played my last year. I, I thought I would have been pretty good. Um, but, like, I was banged up, bro. Like, I was a little bit older than a couple guys. Like, I was, like, 23. You know what I mean? Like, I was a little bit banged up, like, playing both ways. I even played both ways in college. Like, wow. when I was at Temple, I was, like – and I'm, like, I, I didn't I didn't think I was an a NFL player, right? Like, I was more of a tough and grit, you know what I mean? Hard-nosed, instinctive guy, right? Like, so I kind of knew that I wasn't an NFL guy. And I'm, like – when I graduated from Temple uh, with the finance, I had a finance degree um, at Temple University, and um, I started teaching, bro. I started substitute teaching. First of all, I had a finance job. Then I got, a, I started teaching. I quit my job. I'm like, hell, this, bro. I, ain't, I, I was a people person, right? Like, I love people. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it was just you couldn't sit behind just, a desk all day. I couldn't sit behind a desk all day. Like, I love people, bro. Like, if you sit. Like if you sit in my office with me, you'll you would see how many people I talk to in a day, bro. Like I'm always on the phone. And it don't be about like it don't be about nothing sometimes. It's just be like conversation, right? Like just being me. And um I've had just the opportunity to 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 meet a lot of people, man. And um I started teaching, man, and um it was one of the best jobs I've ever had. Um to be able to have an impact. Um, and, and mold young men lives that, that were just like mine. And, um, you know, having that, like, it's just crazy how, like, you know what I mean? Like how I wound up right back where I started at, right? And like, when I tell you the story about how I got arrested at 12 years old, you know, turn, I was about to turn 13. And like, how does, how, like, I'm just, came right back it came back full circle bro like i'm now i'm a teacher yeah right you know what i mean was 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 not having a you know a father influence and and really somebody directing your your steps and like helping you through all that that struggle and hardship growing up has that been like the catalyst behind kind of your life and your like purpose is like hey i want to i want to help those out that are going through what I went through. I mean, to a degree, but to a to a degree, but but I also feel like like that's not an excuse. You know what I'm saying? Right. An excuse. It's not like a, a reason for you to be like you know what I mean, wilding out or doing whatever or, or selling dope on the corner. Or, it's not a reason. Like that doesn't justify. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, my my issue when I growing up was. I had issues, bro. Like, I had anger. I had, like, emotional, you know, I was depressed. I was, like, high. I had highs and lows. And so, like, I, my fix was football. All right? Like, that was my that was my fix. You know what I'm saying? And, like, football was also, come to find out, it was my vehicle. Right? And so, like, I figured it out. But at the same time, I never like, I never really made an excuse. Like, this is the reason why I'm doing this. Like, nah, it, it was what it was. You know what I mean? And, and so, 
um, I made the best of my opportunities, man. And, and I had a great mother, man. Like my mom is kind of like, she kind of shares a similar story to mine, man. And she's just always found a way and to figure it out, you know? There's like so many different routes that, that I could go. Um, hey, I got all night, baby. Let's do it. Hey, I'm, I'm all night too. So you're teaching and coaching and dean of students, like the, the <laughs> amount of kids that you're like, you're dealing with on a day-to-day basis, that had to prepare you better than anything to go back into Temple to work with kids because that's what you're doing. Like you're teaching. You're not – I love when, when, when coaches talk about like what's our, you know, our teaching progression. You know, instead of going straight into install, it's like how are we teaching it like at the base level. Yeah. So you talked about how it was one of like the most beneficial jobs, but um, – I feel like it, it just prepared you for that next stage in your life, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, uh, when you start talking about that, I start I, I instantly think about um, a kid and I feel like I, I worked extremely hard with this kid, man. Um, his name is Sadi. Rest in peace to him, man. But um, Sadi like was like one of the, like put me with him. This is one of my first assignments when I was at MOTEP. Sadi was a, kid just like myself and it was crazy I, I built a emotional attachment to this kid you know because I seen so much of myself in him and um, I, I'm gonna be honest with you Alex I'm, I'm extremely uh, blessed to be where I am today um, and, I, and I thank God and I pray all the time but you know Sadi was a kid that you know same, same scenario, bro. Same scenario. And uh, he was murdered, man. He was murdered in the city of Philadelphia. Um, and I feel like I failed, you know what I mean? Like, because I, I worked with him every day, you know? And uh, that, that bothers me. That bothers me. But, you know, Sadi was a kid that, that struggled. Um, and he was just, he was lost, man. You know, he didn't know who he was. You know, he didn't know who he wanted to be. Um, his friends weren't really his friends. You know, they were kind of groupies wanting to ride on his, you know, on his coattail and his clout. And, um, you know, you, you would try to stare him the right way um, and, and lead him to the things. Oh, and FYI, he was a football player. Um he would try to lead him into to the water to, to take a drink, you know, the water, um, but he would never drink it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that, that bothers me. That's one, that's one of the stories that kind of bothers me and it hurts, you know. You feel like you, feel like you fail, you know what I mean? And so um, I kind of got off subject there, but. Um, no, but that, but that goes back to, like, like real relationships like are going to have like a true you're going to want the best for him and i it was funny how you just said oh by the way he's a football player like when you have the right mindset of like i'm going to treat this person like a person not a football player i think that's where where you're able to really you know prove to the the people that you're working with yeah i care about you you know not oh, like and that's it alex that's it right like that's what recruiting is Right, like that's what coaching is. Your players don't care what you know until they know that you care. 
Yeah. And that is life. That is a life quote. That's not football, right? Like your employees, your GAs don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah. And so like, that's Dave Aranda, man. Like, and I'm not trying to like speak up him right now, but bro, like that's who he is, man. That's who, that's who that guy is, bro. When I heard Dave Aranda talk for the first time, he reminds me a little bit of Tony Dungy, like his oh. tempo and like, you know, faith's important to him and he lives it out. And <laughs> I can kind of hear that when he, the way he talks. So this, this gets me to a question I really wanted to ask. So obviously him and coach Roy are great coaches. And I wanted to know, you know, what are some things that you've learned from coach rule and some things that you've learned from coach Aranda, because what I love listening to when you know he got hired was like yeah coach rule did a lot of good things so i'm not trying to fix what ain't broken yeah i'm sure that everybody on the team was like okay yeah we can we can ride with this guy so what what are some things that you've taken away from both of those guys i think the biggest thing that i've taken from both of them is that they're excellent men and they're excellent fathers right and so, but they have very different styles, right? Like Matt Rule um, was a person um, who cares about your development, not only as a man, right, um, but as a father, most importantly. You know what I mean? But he was big on development in the program. He was big in the, having good people around him. And if you look at his staff, the people he's hired, in the last couple of jobs that he's ha he's had, he's always hired people that he knew, um, and, and people that um, who that he can trust. And so, when he took the, the the Baylor job, I mean, he's obviously pretty much brought his whole staff with him. I was really lucky to have the opportunity to come with him. I kind of turned down the first opportunity because I've always been a father, right? Like that's kind of been my big deal. And even when he left, like, I talk, I still talk to Coach Rule to this day. You know, it's all about being a father. And so, like, he understands that I have a son here in, in, in Waco uh, with me. And that, uh, that my, to me, my biggest priority as a man and as a father is to make sure that my son, my sons are, are set and that they're successful. And so um, that's my biggest goal right now. But... You know, on the other hand, you look at Coach Aranda uh, and some of the things that he, you know, he, um, you know, expresses that are important to him is, you know, same things. He's being a good person, right? Like coach from the heart, you know, lead from the heart, um, you know, lead with faith, right? Lead from the heart, um, being a good person, right? Some of the same qualities uh, that Matt Rule had. No, Dave Aranda's not a hollerer. He doesn't scream. He doesn't raise his voice. He doesn't curse. Not saying that Matt Rule does these things, but <laughs> Dave Aranda makes makes it uh, very clear and, and well known that these are things that he doesn't condone. And so, um, Dave Aranda's good person, cool dude. You know what I mean? Very cool, laid back, very chill, man. Very chill, Alex. Like, 
bro, like you would, you would love to work for him. When I, I'm not no no cat. That's the kids say. No cat. No cat. <laughs> so, like, bro. you know, you started out as QC there, and now you're director of scouting. I know that you like to you, you don't like to box yourself in to anything, but how has your how has your job changed? You know, since taking over the reins for for James now that he he went into the scouting world. All right. So what people don't what people don't know is that so like even when I was when I, when I go back to my time at Temple, right? Like I was a GA, but like I've always recruited, right? Like I've understood even when I when I go beyond that right like i go back to emotep right like when i was at emotep like we were good because we had good talent and i understood that right like when i first got into the one of the first 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 things i did when i got done playing football and i listened to ed odron speak at a coach's clinic he was trying to recruit kenny bigelow kenny bigelow was at uh christian something christian in delaware and um what's coach What's the coach's name? Basically, he had a coach's he had a coach's clinic in Jersey. And this is my first coach's clinic I ever been to, and um, I had a one on one talk with Ed Odron. He was like, "Hey, son, you want to be a good coach? You want to be a good coach? You get good players and you coach the hell out of them." And that that always stuck with me, you know. And so, like, I, even when I was in coaching high school, like, I realized that, like. It's a talent-driven business. You know what I mean? It's not really about it's not really about the X's and O's. It's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And so um, I don't care where you are and you know or what you're doing, but like it's really um, about the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And you think about corporate America, what makes Google Google, right? It's not that their CEO is the the best CEO, right? Like it's the talent. Right? What makes Microsoft Microsoft? What makes Nike Nike? Right? It's the people within those walls who make it what it is. Yeah. And football is the same deal, right? Like, I'm not Nick Saban because, you know, I can coach quarters the best, right? I'm Nick Saban because I recruit the best players every year, right? And so, like, now I've created a culture of where excellence and the standard of performance is so high that, you know, success, it breeds success. And so like, when you, when you think about corporate America, when you think about football, when you think about successful teams, programs, organizations, it's the people. People win games, right? People create cultures. And it's the same thing in everything that we do in life. And at the end of the day, it's people who drives culture, who wins games. And I really believe in that. Yeah, it's that flywheel of like, it's going to keep building itself. You bring the right people in. That's it. That's it. All right. So I didn't tell you about the story. All right. So okay. um, when I was at, when I, when I, I was out, when Matt Rule left to come to Baylor, I left and went to Temple. I mean, I'm sorry, when he came to Baylor, I left and went to Rutgers. I went to Rutgers. I took a recruiting job. How did I go from a GA, a defensive line GA? I was Elijah Robinson's GA. I went from Rutgers, uh, Temple to Rutgers. That had, I had a full, it was my first full-time job. I was killing it. Um, I thought I was killing it. I was killing um, 
the um, recruiting game. And so I went from Rutgers to Baylor. And then when I came to Baylor, I originally came as a QC. And, but I always recruited, right? And so they had a, they had someone who took another job somewhere else, right? At another institution. And so I kind of got slid into that role because like under Matt rule, you kind of can, you had, you wore multiple hats, right? You didn't just do one thing, right? And so like, you, you can do like recruiting and football, right? You can do like recruiting and operations. You could do like, you know what I mean? Like you were absolutely. Yep. And so like, again, like he was, Matt Rule was a developer of people. And I don't know if I can say that enough. Like he was a developer of people. And so like he made sure that the, and he was tough to, he was tough on you, but like he made sure the people under him were, you know, better than, than how they came. Right. And so um, I came in as a QC and I ended up recruiting. And so, like, me and James work together every day. People may not, may or may not know it, like, but, like, even though I had a QC title, like, I was recruiting. You know and so I mean? it, it's so funny because, like, I thought of you as a recruiting person. And, like, even when you took the job and it said QC, I was like, oh, yeah, he's just recruiting. And it was so funny because, like, I think one of the first times I called you in season, I was like, hey, have you seen this guy? You're like, no, I'm watching – you know, three opponents ahead doing an advanced scouting report. And you're like, so who's, who's the, the tackle for this team? I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, that was when I realized, you know, you were wearing those multiple hats. So keep going. Cause like the other day, like I think of you as a recruiter, cause that's our relationship. But yeah. I think, I think that is really important. Um, you know, wherever you are to try to develop yourself as much as possible and experience as much as possible, especially early on in your career, because you may not know, you know, if, if you're more passionate about advanced scouting or, you know, coaching or working with your own team or the recruiting side, because like when it comes to recruiting, like you said, you know, there's the operations of it. There's the communication, there's the player evaluations. Um, I mean, there's just so many different avenues that you can go down that fit you. And I guess it kind of, I guess it kind of brings it all, full circle too like you got to know what your strengths and weaknesses are so keep going right, keep going right, right right now alex like i'm all in on recruiting bro like so basically what happened was when when david randy came you know um i told him like you know coach like i'm gonna be honest with you you know i don't mind recruiting i went on the road was recruiting i think i saw you on the road did we see each other somewhere mm-hmm I may have heard. I think you were somewhere, but I, I was. I was in Dallas, like all throughout Dallas for a whole week. Yeah, I remember that. And so, like, he put me on the road when he got the job, um, and it was cool. Like, but then I went back to the QC role. It was all football. Like, I didn't do any recruiting. You know what I mean? And so, um, a job had came open within our building. Obviously, James had went to the Carolina Panthers, and. Um, it was, you know, the job came open. And then, um, so I'm like, I went back in recruiting to make a long story short. Uh, went back in recruiting, man. And I'm, I'm here recruiting, bro. And, and right now, like I'm on, I'm, I'm on savage go mode, you know, and I'm, I'm, I've always had like, cause I, I love to coach, right? Like, 
that's been my passion, right? Like that's how I got into business is coaching. But like, when I tell you I'm 100% in, in recruiting, like I'm 100% in. And so like, I'm not 98% in, I'm not 98, 9.8, I'm 101.9999% recruiting, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, if I can give any advice to anyone in, in, in this business, it's to be where you are. Be be committed to to, to doing what you're doing and um, be committed and be be all in to what you're doing. And so, like, I'm all in right now. You know, I'm all in on recruiting. I don't think about coaching. Like, even today I was watching OTAs. Like, I'm watching, you know, skill set, right? Like, yes. I'm not watching – Team, right like I'm I'm seeing movement I'm watching I'm, I'm looking at traits I'm not looking at like you know what I mean scheme anymore like I'm my mind is different like I'm when I say I'm all the way 100% recruiting 100% talent evaluation like that's it you know what I mean like I'm all in and so like be where you are right one track and one track mind one track like that's that's it you know what I mean and like I feel like I feel like when you do that when you when you commit to to being that right, like you commit to something, the sky's the limit, man. The sky's the limit. And right now, like bro, like you look at the guys that we we, we we've got committed right now. But right? I mean, obviously, I can't talk about them. But like, bro, like I'm I'm on. I'm in it, bro. I'm in I it. it. I love it. I love it. So, I guess the, you know, before we put a cap on this one because because this was awesome yeah the really the the topic that i wanted to talk about was just like all the challenges that we're going to face this fall from a recruiting standpoint and, and we're waiting for the ncaa to say you know if give us the green light or not as far as going out and watching these high school kids play and yeah. i really really hope that we get that opportunity just because these guys i mean from the seniors and juniors on they missed spring evals they missed summer evals some of these dudes are missing opportunities to go visit places um yeah so it's it's tough like as much as we can make it about us and like oh what was me i didn't get to get a 40 time on this kid well dude this kid didn't get a chance to go work out at five schools so um you know just kind of like big picture like how how do you prepare for the fall with with all those kind of you know the unknown in mind you know it's kind of like you got to have a plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G, right, yeah. right on down the line. But but how are you preparing for? I don't know the the most unique year in recruiting history. Yeah, yeah. So I think obviously um, recruiting has has changed a little bit. Obviously for twenty twenty years, been one of obviously the most craziest years of my life. Um, but when you think about uh, something that I. I, you know, I don't want to give too much information because you know, obviously people are listening, but right now the, the players' Twitters, Instagrams, Snapchats are their, are their resume, right? And so what you do, what you put on social media, right? You know, what you're putting on, on Twitter, right? Like it's pretty much you can't, right? And so um, if I could have any advice, if I can give any advice to uh, recruits, um, 2021s, 2022s, is like promote yourself through your, through your, through your Twitter, right? Like, you know, Penn State 
did it had a great idea, right? And then the virtual combine, right? Like use that, right? Like that's that's a platform, right? Like they gave you they gave you the blueprint. They gave you the blueprint on how to make a virtual tape, right? Like how to make it, how to showcase yourself in the combine. Like use that. You know what I mean? Like Google Penn State virtual combine and see exactly how you should film your 40 exactly how you should film your elder right like it's it's there for you right like we talked about earlier like youtube right like go on youtube and, and figure out how to do it watch the 2020 nfl combine at your position just watch those guys go through those drills you can see how they do it who looks good who doesn't look good how they coach it and i i had a call today with a recruit and he's like hey what do you want me to film myself doing and i was like wow what a great what a great first question right off the bat this kid's first question to me so um for for you guys you know like obviously it's the the height weight um wing 40 shuttle l drill um you know what's your what's your process as far as like what do you value the most yeah we are what i'll say is that this is something that i uh um and college football is, I don't know if they're really on to it yet, but um, but we are a height, weight, speed. We are a numbers-based program, right? And so, you know, when I when I say we are a numbers-based program, right, like, you know, I, I, I could teach a kid on how to see things, right? I could teach a kid on how to go from point A to point B. I can't teach a kid to be big. I can't teach a kid to be fast, right? And so being in the development of program where height, weight, speed, the numbers are everything, right? Like I can't teach a kid, I can't teach a kid to be fast or big, you know what I mean? Or I can't teach a kid to run a 4-3 or run a 10, 10 to 100 meter. Like I can't teach that, you know what I'm saying? But I could teach you as a, as a coach, right? Like they're paying me, let's just say $500,000 to coach, right? Like why are they paying you? What are they paying you for if you can't teach a kid to backpedal, right? Like, if you can't teach a kid to see, you know, bench flat, right? Like, what good are you? You know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. like, I got that from Matt Rule, right? Like, that was a Matt Rule deal, right? Like, what good are you, right? You got to you, you you gotta meet the, the threshold, like the floor. Like, the right. floor of the talent at your position and what you're – like physical traits are that's going to set the floor for you like wherever that may fall and you know the thing that you 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 brought up is you you're going to coach them you're going to teach them you're going to get the best out of them because that's your job so that puts the big onus the thing that i've really i i've probably spent like a majority of my time figuring out how to get better at this because it's just so it's so it's the exact opposite it's so subjective whereas numbers are super you know, quantifiable. You can look at the averages at your position in the Big 12 and know for a fact you're too slow or too, you know, or you can play at this level or you can play at all conference yeah. level. But yeah. when you're deciding, you know, making decisions in the recruiting process of, okay, this guy's a fit for us and evaluating the character and the makeup, is this guy coachable? Is this guy teachable? Can I get him there to reach that talent? Um, where do you start? Because I think it, it definitely ties into the relationships and getting 
deep past like the surface level conversations yeah. of like why do you play the game and what's important to you and um those things but how do you go about that process yeah that's a great question Alex. i mean i think when i started when i start in, in the process i mean you got to know who you are right and it kind of goes back to that right like knowing exactly who you are right like baylor is a christian baptist faith university right and so character is everything and so like there are certain kids that i understand and I know that will not fit at Baylor. I know that, you know what I mean? And so like, once we get past that, okay, is, is this kid a Baylor fit, right? Like, is he a good person for Baylor, right? Like, does he meet, you know what I mean? The, 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 the pre-qualifications of being a Baylor kid. All right, cool, he does, good. All right, now, is he big? Is he fast? Is he explosive? Okay, what are the numbers? All right, now once I got the numbers, okay, cool. Now I'm gonna turn on the film. Does he display? Don't tell me, Matt Rule will say this. Don't tell me what he can't do. Tell me what he can do. I don't know if you know Matt, Matt Rule, he's always talking about his son, Brian, who's my guy. Brian, I believe he's dyslexic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people have always tell Matt Rule what his son can't do. That's not what he want to hear, all right? Right? Like he want to know what his son can do, all right? And so, like, that was some of the that, those were, you know, some of the things that that I took away, you know, from that rule, right? Like, well, I don't care what the kid can't do. Tell me what he can do really well, all right? And then what can we help? You know, or where can we help? Or how can we make him better? And so that that's the the same philosophy that I keep to this day, right? Like. Okay, kid has a 49-foot shot put. Okay, okay, well, he's explosive, right? Tell me what he can't, you know, don't tell me what he can't do. Tell me what he can do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So those are some of the things that I still uh, carry with me on a, on a daily basis. Yeah, and that's that, that Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick tree. Like, like you can see a lot of the the approach that rule takes – for sure. I mean, there's a different, there's a different mindset when you've worked in the NFL. Um, I, I really believe that like our head coach is the same way. Coach Bloomgren, I haven't been it with the jets. Like you get a different conversation. Um, and I think that's why those two get along so well for me when I first started and I was looking at underclassmen, when I first got into recruiting, I had done scouting for a while before that. And, you know, I'm watching game film on a sophomore and just killing them. Right. I mean, every single one of them's not good enough. And, you know, I go through a cycle and I'm like, oh, yeah, they get better. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's a completely different mindset when you're looking at an underclassman, right? Because, you know, these guys are still growing. They're still, their bodies are changing. They're sometimes used the wrong way. Um, all sorts of things. And guys get better, right? Like, you'll talk to one guy who played at 175 as a sophomore and he's 200 running faster the next year so september 1st is right around the corner and that's when we can finally hit up all these 2022s i guess what's your approach when you're looking at an underclassman is it just kind of what you yeah. said like look for great, what they do question. really well yeah great question i mean so obviously um the same things apply right like height right like how big is this kid okay how fast is he okay a kid may run four nine right as a 2023 20, Okay, but 
which if you've seen, if you from I guess from experience, I know that you know a kid's gonna get stronger. So if he gets stronger, he's gonna get faster, right? So like I'm gonna say this kid runs a four nine now, okay? Um, but next year he may run a four eight. Okay. But we're talking about a freshman, right? He's running a four eight. And then a year later, he might be a four seven. And then by coming into his senior year, this kid is now four six. Now, one thing that I always try to calculate in my head is okay, like I want to give a kid ten pounds per year, mm. right? And so, like that's just that's every just position. A, every position, bro. Like I'm gonna give a kid. That's like max, right? I want to give a kid ten pounds per year. And so a kid is going to be, he's going to be 160 now, right? Like, and so by the time this kid is a senior, I'm going to say he's going to be 190 to 200. And usually I'm right, right? Like, if you look at the at the numbers from a kid that you had in camp as a freshman to where he is now, right, it's going to be about 5 to 10 pounds per year. And so, and he's going to get a tenth of a second faster every year. Right, and that's the minimum. Understand, that's like the baseline. Like he's gonna get X, Y, and Z faster, and he's gonna get X, Y, and Z bigger, more weight. And so, always, that's just the way my mind works now. That I'm in this like straight recruiting process, like straight recruiting mode. And so, like right now, I'm looking at all twenty. I'm like, I'm not even on twenty ones anymore. I'm on twenty twos and twenty threes. Yeah. Like, bro, like. My 22 list is like ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's a great great class in this state. Bro, like this state, bro, like. It's a a really good class. I mean, like the state of Texas, period, is like great. Like you literally do not have to leave the state of Texas. You don't have to. Like, and there's so many diamonds out here. Like. It's so like, bro. This this school is like. I mean, this state is like the size of like the whole Northeast. I'm talking about from New Hampshire down to Virginia. Like, that's how big the state is. You know what I'm saying? So like, you literally don't. If you want to look, like, the problem is though, Alex. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, a lot of these schools are, are are lazy, bro. Like, and they can't really evaluate, right? Like, I told a friend who's working at another school uh, in this state. Um, that's in the Big 12. I said, I said, y'all can't evaluate. And it's proven. Like you're late on every kid. Yeah, it's not it's not a steal if if three power fives are offering them before you do. There's assessing and there's evaluating, right? Because like you can assess where something is at, but like evaluating inherently like includes the future, right? And projection. Projection. Yeah, it, 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 projection is inherent in recruiting. And that's I think it kind of goes back to what you said about the body types because, um, yeah, the things that, that we stress is length, you know, length at every position. Um, because, like, a kid could be 5'9 at corner, but if he's got a 6'2 wingspan and he runs a 4'3, like, he's – All day. Thank all you day. Know. All day. <laughs> this has been a ton of fun. I, I really appreciate you jumping on the show. What is the last word of advice you have for recruits, parents, and coaches, starting with recruits? Well, recruits, if I can tell you anything, it's just right now with the times that we're in, um, the times of uncertainty is to uh, present yourself on social media, uh, be a professional, um, 
do things the right way on social media, right? Like, and make sure um, you're promoting yourself, you know? I think that's key. Like, right now, like, kids, like, you know, I, I, if I can show you my DMs right now, like, it's, it's insane on the amount of people that I get. Like, you're like, hey, coach, watch my film. But, like, your film, you don't even have, like, a quality film setup. You know what I mean? Like, and so, like, your, your Instagram, your Twitter, your Snapchat is your resume, you know? And so, like, that paints a picture. I don't know who you are, right? Like, I, I get a chance to look at, you know, at your social media, and I'm going to see, like, okay, what type of work is this guy putting in? Like, or what type of kid is he? And so, like, if you're a family man and you want to come across as a family man, or if you're, a, you know, a Texas kid and you want to come across, present that. You know what I'm saying? And so you control the narrative. And so control the narrative, you know? And, and, and parents, I mean, you got to help them, you know? Um, educate our kids on, on what to do and what not to do, um, what not to like and, and what to like, what to retweet and what not to retweet. You know, um, again, it's, it's your resume. And so uh, be very cautious. On, on the things that in the activity that you uh, presume. And then what about high school coaches out there listening to the show? Uh, I think you, you have to be very honest, you know, uh, because, you know, for example, um, I have a high school coach who say, hey, coach, coach this guy's a great kid. He, he's a great student. You get the transcript. <laughs> kid doesn't have even 2.0. I'm like, come on, coach, are you serious? Like, coach, you just told me this kid was 6'4", and he said the kid sent me a video of him doing height and weight, and the kid is 6'2". I'm automatically going to take two inches off. I call it the two-inch rule, right? Like, yep. And, and this is for anybody who's listening, like, I'm going to take two inches off regardless of, of whatever you say on huddle because, like, when it comes down to it, I'm like, most of the time, you're going to say that you're an inch and a half or two inches bigger than what you are and it's proven i, I even I, did it, i can right? li- i can literally count on one hand the number of times somebody was taller than their listed height where can our listeners follow you man where can they follow me my instagram is uh coach hales bu all right on instagram and then on twitter is omezi o-m-e-e-z-i underscore I try to follow people back, but it's kind of hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you, you're getting up there. We're, we're, we're tracing you down. Again, appreciate you for jumping on the show, and um, best of luck this fall, man. Thank you, Alex. It's been a pleasure, man. All right, buddy. I'll see you soon. All right, buddy.